0: Welcome, everyone, to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Happy Mother's Day again to all you hardworking mamas. Really want to celebrate all of you today. And God does have a really cool word to share with you. Um, he actually gave this to me as I was studying the word A couple of months ago, and just sharing with Dan the revelation that he was giving to me was super encouraging, and he's like, that's perfect for Mother's Day. So um, I'm really thankful I get to share the word with you today. So let's pray, and we're going to jump right in, because there's lots of good stuff today. So Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and Lord, we open up our hearts wide open to you, Holy Spirit, and we just say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Have your way. Don't just have your way on the outside, Lord, but have your way on the inside of us. Have your way in our souls and our hearts and our spirits, Lord, in our bodies, Lord. Have your way. So we're open to everything that you want to say and what you want to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start out by prophesying and encouraging you guys a little bit. Who here has felt in the last few or several months a greater onslaught of attack, spiritual attack, than you felt? (laughs) I see some hands going, whoa, yeah, right away. There's been a huge, and even especially I feel in the last few weeks, it's like ramping up. But let me just tell you, God is not um, being slow about his promise to rescue I heard at the beginning of this year that this is a year of rescue and reward. And he is doing that. He is rescuing his people from oppression of the enemy that has been there for many generations. But he is bringing it to the surface and showing it to us. And he's making us stronger, you guys. As we're feeling the attacks come against us, the resistance itself, when we push against it, it makes us stronger. So he's making us stronger. He's making us, giving us a holy desperation to do what only he can do. Do you feel that? Like a holy desperation, a holy hunger for him to come and bring justice where there's been injustice. And I want to tell you, you have authority in the Lord to speak justice into situations that are unjust, to speak, to say no to the devil in areas where he's coming against you and your family. So he is... He's revealing truth. He is going to answer you. And this is the scripture uh, that he's been giving to me is Jesus told a parable about a widow going to a judge and every day pestering him and requesting justice in her situation. Because she was a widow, she had no husband to defend her. She had no covering. She had no, nobody to help her. So she kept going to the judge day after day, and he kept saying "No," but because she kept coming and kept coming to him, uh, he finally gave in and said, "Yes, I will give justice so if if this unjust judge this human judge gave justice to someone because she came to him day after day how much more will our judge in heaven the heavenly father give justice and 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 it says um uh, avenge his people who cry out to him day and night and say lord rescue us from all the attacks that are happening rescue us so he is coming to rescue because he loves you so today is a little bit different than um, usual. We're, we're going to, if you have your Bibles, grab your Bibles. We're going to do kind of a little um, Bible study together. All right? This is how I love to teach and mentor. I, I also wanted to show you what it looks like to kind of study the Word at home. I want to give you an example of that. You can open up your phones and, and, and get version if you didn't bring a Bible. If you don't have a Bible at all, we, ha- we would love to give you one. If you don't have a Bible at home, it's more important than ever to be in the Word of God. The Word of God will give you the truth that you're seeking. The Word of God will give you the strength that you're looking for. The Word of God will give you the healing that you're seeking. Any answers that you need found here in the word, Jesus is the word, and he is the answer. He's the answer to every dilemma. So open up to Matthew 15. I also am noticing in the body of Christ a new hunger for God's word. It's so beautiful. People are hungry for truth. Even people that don't know the Lord again, they're seeking God, and they're like, They want something real. They want truth. So the word is just so rich and full of truth. So I'm going to read through this story, uh, starting with verse 21, 21 through 28. And then we're going to go back through and we're going to talk about it verse by verse, just briefly. Because uh, I'm showing you, again, how you can study the word at home. And how you can get not just knowledge from the word, but get revelation We want revelation that hits right into your spirit. It cuts right through all the external stuff and hits you right there, and it changes you from the inside out. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. Ooh, I might need my glasses, Dan. (laughs) Okay, hold on. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, That's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, Your faith is great. Your request is granted." And her daughter was instantly healed. This is such a beautiful story, you guys. This is true. This really happened. And this will happen in your life. So how to get personal revelation? Just the side note. When you're reading the Word, it's important to go slow. Take it little by little. Picture what's happening. Put yourself there in the story. Feel what the people are feeling. Imagine what's happening on the inside of, like, this woman right here, and in Jesus's head, what he's thinking. Ask questions. So, I love to ask questions, and I love to journal and r- write the answers that I feel like God is saying. So, one of the questions that I was asking Jesus as I was reading this, I was like, Jesus, what are you actually doing here? Because It doesn't seem like your character to treat someone like that. So what are you really doing? And he is testing her faith. But even more than that, this is what he's doing. He's testing how well she knows his heart. How well does she really know his character? Like, I just asked that question because I know his character, right? So he's testing her. How well does she really know me? And let's go back through this and just see what Jesus is teaching each of us, because your faith is tested sometimes, right? You feel like in all the attacks coming against you, there are some things that are happening that we can learn from this story. So verse 21, then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Okay, let me set this up just a second. This region of Tyre and Sidon, it was avoided by the Jewish people at the time because they really hated the people there. Uh, When they first came into the land of Canaan, this region was full of Canaanites, people that lived there, people of the region. They did not drive them all out. Canaanites were there, and they were sinful, and they were idolatrous. They, uh, they worshipped idols, and uh, the Israelites ended up, the Israelites who settled in that area ended up intermarrying with some of the Canaanites that lived there, and those people of Tyre and Sidon, they led Israel, or part, some of the Israelites, into idolatry and into bondage to idol worship. And so you could say that the people of Tyre and Sidon represent generational sin, generational strongholds, that the Jewish people were still trying to get free from. So they thought, let's just avoid the sinners. Let's just, you know, go around that area. Let's just hate the people and avoid the sinners, and that way it won't infect us. Maybe by ignoring the sinners, they would be safe from the sin. That's what they thought. But Jesus very purposely went to that location. And if you look a little bit above where you're reading, he had just come from a, a kind of an interaction with the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And he had told his disciples to ignore them. He's like, ignore the religious ones. Don't ignore the sinner, he said, but ignore the religious ones who were so concerned about being clean and unclean. They were the ones that were concerned about avoiding the sinners, right? And he was like, nope, just ignore them. So Jesus is revealing something shocking about himself here. The reason that he's going to this region, he has a heart for those ones that are considered the most sinful, the most despised, the ones that are the most unclean. They're bound by generational strongholds. The worst of sinners, he has a heart for those ones the ones who desperately need rescue. And that's exactly why he went there. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's someone that you're praying for. Maybe it's somebody in your family. But he's here today for you too. Nobody's beyond the reach of God's grace. So this message will really encourage you today. If you are discouraged or disappointed or desperate in any way, verse 22 A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter's possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Okay, so let's put ourselves in the woman's shoes. Feel what she's feeling in this moment. She already knows that she's hated by the Jews. She knows this is uh, Jesus and his disciples, Jewish leaders, again. She knows that they're gonna... um, probably reject her. She knows that she's hated by them. They're not even allowed to speak to women, especially a woman of her nationality. And so, but she still comes anyways. She comes to him. She knows she's not going to be accepted. But look, why, why does she come? Because she's desperate. She's desperate to approach Jesus because of her child who's suffering Now, mothers, we're celebrating you today because you love your children this much, right? Wouldn't you move heaven and earth to help your child if they were suffering, if they were under the oppression of the enemy, like this woman's child was? So, what are you desperately praying to Jesus for, like this woman is, that only He can do for you? You're seeking rescue. So this entire story, I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell. Jesus is not being cruel by not answering you right away in your desperation. He's pulling some faith out of you. He's like, do you know me? Do you know my heart? He's drawing you closer to himself. He's testing, do you really know my heart? And you might be surprised at the depth of faith you have when you are desperate and you are coming to Jesus with a uh, a desperate need for rescue for help. So watch what happens. She didn't care what these guys are going to think, what they were going to say about her. She was that desperate. And she knew something that about Jesus that even her his disciples did not know. She had never met him, but she had obviously heard about him. She knew he had the answer for her For her little girl. And Jesus could actually tell that she knew him from her very first words. Let's go back to verse 22 again. The Gentile woman came pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Jesus perked up his ears when he heard her call him son of David. Dan talked about this a couple of weeks ago in his message because. Calling him son of David was very intentional. It showed that she knew something about his heart. She knew him closer than most people in Israel did. Isaiah 16.5 explains it. This is a prophecy about Jesus coming and being a son of David. In love, a throne will be established. In faithfulness, a man will sit on it, one from the house of David, one who in judging seeks justice and speeds the cause of righteousness. I also love how the Good News Translation says it, and I don't have it in my notes, but I'll read it on the screen. Then one of David's descendants will be king, and he'll rule the people with faithfulness and love. He'll be quick to do what is right, and he will see that justice is done. I don't know if she had ever heard that scripture, or that prophecy, but she was calling him son of David because she knew he was a king she knew that he was a mighty deliverer, that he was gonna bring justice for the oppressed. And she's like, my daughter's oppressed. I need some of that faithfulness. I need some of that love. I need some of that deliverance right now. And if this is the person that was promised by God to be that, I need him. I need him. I need the son of David. So Jesus for sure heard, him, heard her say, son of David. And he was listening Verse 23, at the beginning of verse 23, but here's the first test. Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Seems like he's ignoring her. He doesn't even answer or look at her. So there was, that was my first question. Why, Jesus? Why? In this story, there's four tests of faith. There's four tests of this woman's heart four tests of our own hearts. How well do we know God, who he really is? Are we going to give up when our prayers aren't answered right away? Number one, it's when Jesus is silent. Has anyone ever prayed a desperate prayer to God and you feel like God is silent? You're like, where are you, God? I've been praying about this for a while, but where are you, Where are you? I need an answer. You need an answer, but you're not hearing anything? Anybody or just me? Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of you. How does it feel? What do you do with that when that happens? Here's your promise for this entire message, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know he will give us what we ask for. There's a promise. You can hold on to that and know confident he hears you. He's going to answer you. So what did this lady do when Jesus was ignoring her? She didn't just go, I knew this was going happen. I knew it. They hate people of my kind. They were going to reject me. I guess I'm just going to go away and give up. He's just rejecting me like I knew was going to happen. He doesn't care. He actually doesn't care about my situation. It's hopeless. No, she doesn't do that. So, But look what happens because there's another test that comes immediately after that. Verse 23 at the end of the verse. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Here's the second test of your trust in God when people tell you to give up. Have you ever had that happen? Where you're praying for something and you're praying a prayer request and maybe you're coming to your friends over and over and over with the same prayer request and they're like, it doesn't look like God's going to answer it. Maybe he's going to answer it some different way. Or maybe, maybe that's not the right thing to pray. Or maybe, you know, and they're like, just give up. How do you feel if that happens? You're standing on a promise of God. You're not seeing it happen yet. You feel like you're bothering people with the same request over and over, and they start telling you, just give up and stop praying for it. Maybe God doesn't want to do that for you. And they might be well-meaning, but they don't have the desperation you have for your situation or for your family member. They don't have the promise that God has spoken to you. So you cannot give up. The promise he's spoken for your marriage, for your healing, for that family member, that loved one, don't stop praying because other people are telling you to give up. Dan talked about a man getting healing for his back just while the word was being preached. But we also heard this testimony when we went to uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California. We heard this testimony of a man who had been coming up to the front of church for prayer, asking for the same thing for 12 years, for healing for his back. He had a back condition. 12 years he kept coming, week after week, time after time, asking for healing for his back. 12 years later, he received an immediate healing an immediate healing. But it, was, it really wasn't immediate, was it? Because he didn't give up praying. He kept going until he received his answer. So she didn't stop. This woman did not stop. And Jesus' next test comes immediately after his disciples say, tell her to leave. I think that he wants them to see He wants the disciples to see something and learn something from this. And maybe there's some people in your life that are watching your life and they are watching your desperation and they need to see what God is gonna do in your life if you don't give up. They need to see your perseverance. So verse 24, you guys. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. And basically he's saying, Not your kind of people. She wasn't a people of Israel. She was a Canaanite. So the third test of your faith is when you feel unworthy. When you feel like you're not good enough. If Jesus said that to me, like, "Mm, not your kind. It's for other people, but not for you. I'd probably give up and walk away. That would feel like a lot of rejection. That would feel like God's not answering my prayers because I'm not measuring up. It's something I didn't do right. I don't measure up to His standard. Like He's going to do miracles for other people, but He won't do them for me. Have you ever felt that way? What's wrong with me, Lord? I see you answering other people's prayers, but not mine. Maybe I don't have enough faith, or maybe I've messed up too much in the past. I got myself into this mess. So maybe he won't get me out of it. And this lady probably thought all of those things, or she could have. Would you back down and walk away? Or are you going to get more persistent? Because Jesus wasn't trying to be harsh or mean right here. He was drawing out her desperation and her faith. She already was like, he's my only hope. He's my only answer. She probably tried a lot of things, for her daughter before this but she was willing to come where she knew she wasn't going to be accepted and she was willing to come to Jesus and he wanted to see does she really know that I am her only hope does she really know that I'm the only answer the one who's going to bring justice so let's just see if what she did Verse 25, but she came and worshiped him, (laughs) pleading again, Lord, help me. Look at what's happening here. She's being pushed away. She's being ignored by Jesus and pushed away by his disciples, the people around him. But she gets closer. She comes and falls at his feet, and she worships him. This is a vulnerable position, you guys. To come and fall down at the feet of Jesus is a vulnerable position. It's like a dog, like our dog. She comes and uh, sits on my lap, and she, she puts her belly up and her legs up, and she's like, pat my belly. Right? That's a vulnerable position. When a dog gets in that position, their belly is the um, softest part, right? So it shows that they trust you. It shows that they trust you. They know you're not going to hurt them. That's what this woman was doing. It showed that she trusted Jesus. She came and worshipped him. She fell down at his feet. She was in a vulnerable position before him to show that she trusted. He wasn't going to hurt her. And this is what I feel like God is doing with us. When you feel like he's pushing you away, are you going to get closer? Do you keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking? Like Jesus said in Luke 11, I want to read that real quick. Luke eleven five 5 through 10 You can go there if you want, but uh, you don't have to. You can keep a finger right there in Matthew 15 because we're going to finish that part. I'm going to read it real quick. Jesus is teaching about prayer here. Verse 5, teaching them more about prayer. He used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. Okay, it's midnight, a friend has just traveled across the country and surprised you and said, oh, I'm starving from, from uh, traveling all day. And so you go to your neighbor because you know your neighbor has some bread and you start knocking on the door. Suppose he calls out from his bedroom. Here's the neighbor. Don't bother me. The door's locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this. okay, You are going to your neighbor's house for bread, not for you, but for your friend. You are knocking on his door and you're saying, no, don't turn me away. You're the only one I can go to. You have bread and I need it for my friend. So this is, you are praying, you are knocking on God's heart and saying, there's someone who has need of what you have. I'm praying for you to open the door and give me what I know you have. And I'm not going to give up until I get it. So if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Shameless persistence. That's what this woman is doing. Shameless persistence. She wasn't ashamed of what they thought of her, of what she was doing, of how vulnerable she was with Jesus. And here Jesus said in verse 9, and so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. The door will be open, So here she is knocking on the door. Yeah, you can praise God for that. That's a promise for you. So here's the woman knocking on the door of Jesus's heart on behalf of her child. And she's like, I'm not going to give up and walk away until I get the bread that I need for my daughter, until I get the justice that I'm seeking, that I'm pleading for. And you do that for your kids, don't you? Yeah. And for anybody that you're praying for, any loved one you're praying for, the door of the kingdom will be open to you and he has what you need. So don't stop knocking. Don't stop seeking him. In your desperate situation, fall at his feet, come closer. Don't put up walls and get defensive, but come closer like this woman did. Get vulnerable with him. Admit that you need him. He loves this. He loves this just like your dog coming and laying on your lap. He loves it. And I have a word of knowledge for some of you that I got while I was preparing this message. Some of you have done this. When you're desperate and you're not seeing answers, you have very intentionally gone to worship Jesus. And you have fallen on your face on the floor and you have worshiped him. In the middle of your desperate situation, and he wants to say, I have seen your tears. I love it when you come close to me. What I was, was looking for all along was that closer relationship with you. You've been needy, you've been broken, and Jesus is drawn so close to you in your needy and broken state. In that vulnerable state, he's so close. The Bible says that he is close to the brokenhearted, he hears your cries. I know in my times of brokenness, in my times of raw emotion, even anger, even when I'm angry and everything's unfair and I'm angry at God, if I'm crying out to him, those are the times that he's closest to me. James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So come and fall at his feet and get vulnerable. I feel like in this season, like I prayed at the beginning about a breaking open, there is a breaking open of hearts right now. I feel like this is a season where we are getting more vulnerable than we ever have. We are forced to be more vulnerable than we ever have been because the the things that are coming against us have been uh, so persistent coming against us and it's breaking something open in our souls. And it's uncomfortable, yeah, it's very uncomfortable to get this vulnerable with God and with his people. But this is what he's looking for. He's like, in your desperation, get more vulnerable, get closer. Show me that you're needy of me. You know that I'm your only hope. Oh, he loves it. That posture of worship is how you fight your battles and how you win, it's how you're going to get your breakthrough. You're reminding yourself who God really is, that he truly is your only hope. He's the answer. You're worshiping him for what he's done for you in the past, and you know that he's going to do it again. God, you've been faithful. We sang it this morning. You brought down giants, Lord. You opened seas and rivers. You made us walk through on the dry ground. Jesus, you've done it before. You're going to do it again. So worshiping him, is you trusting him in your most vulnerable state, saying, I know you're not going to hurt me. Shows humility. So she's worshiping, she's worshiping Jesus. God is calling us into that intimacy with him right now, too. In verse 26, what does Jesus say in response to this vulnerable position? It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Did he just call her a dog? She's at his feet and she's worshiping him. Here's the last test of how well you know God's heart. Number four, when you feel attacked for believing. When you feel attacked for believing the impossible. Have you ever felt intimidated or insulted for believing an impossible promise from God? Whether it's from people or maybe even in your own thoughts where you feel Like you just want to give up and quit believing it. And let me tell you something right now. Because if you're being attacked or insulted, even in your thoughts, even if the enemy is telling you, you better give up. It's never going to happen for you. You're not good enough. And he's coming at you. It doesn't mean you should give up. It means you're on the right track. It means you're on the right track. The enemy only attacks you to try to stop you from believing to try to stop you from praying because you're right on the edge of your breakthrough. If it feels like you are breaking, it means you're right on the edge of your breakthrough. Dan always says it, break up on the inside happens before breakthrough happens on the outside. You are right on the edge. When you're attacked in your thoughts or maybe even from the outside, from people, But this woman did not care. She didn't care. She was like, I don't care about my reputation. I don't care if it takes all night. I am going to continue coming here to Jesus, and I am not leaving without the freedom for my daughter that I know Jesus can do. It reminds me of Jacob wrestling with God, and he said, I'm not leaving here without my blessing. And God loved it, didn't he? She didn't even know. She was like, I could stay here all day. I don't care what you say. I am not leaving here without you healing my daughter. And she wasn't saying it arrogantly. She was saying it because he was her only hope. She didn't know that her answer was coming immediately after this. It's the battlefield of the mind, usually, where the enemy tries to stop you. He says things like, you're worthless. You deserve this trouble that you're in. You brought this on yourself. God doesn't care about you. not making a difference. You look foolish for believing the impossible. Maybe you should just give up. And this woman's answer showed she did not care about insults. She didn't care about her reputation. She'd actually been through this before. She knew that they called them dogs. She knew the Jewish people did call the, these uh, people from Tyre and Sidon. They thought they were less than human, they called them dogs. She knew this, but she knows who she is. And let me just tell you, if people misjudge you or insult you, you have a choice. You have a choice to either believe them or believe who or find out, run to God and find out what He says about you, who He says you are. Um, true identity is discovered when identity is attacked. You won't know. If, you never, if it's never attacked in you, you would never run to Jesus to find out what's the truth. True identity is discovered when identity is attacked, but she knows who she is, and she shows how well she knows Jesus. Verse 27, she replied, That's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. This is my favorite part of the entire story. It's the thing that Jesus has been drawing out of her this whole time. This whole time, he's been trying to draw this out of her. Her answer shows how well she knows his heart, even though she has never met him in person before this. She's like, I know I'm considered a dog, I know I'm unworthy compared to those Jewish scholars I know I'm not even considered a child of God but I don't care because even the dogs are loved by the master even the dogs are loved by the master Jesus never intended to insult her but he wanted to know if she knew this about him her answer shows she knows his heart look at Psalm 104 real quick all creatures look to you, God, to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. And when you open your hand, they're satisfied with good things. All creatures are loved by God. So how much more? All humans. She knows this. She knows this about him. She knows he is God and that he loves all his creatures that he made. She is one of his one of his creation. And in this season, I believe we're going to see a lot of people in the world that aren't even God's, God's people yet. They aren't even in the family of God yet are going to get their miracles because in their desperation, they are running to Jesus and finding out they're accepted by him, accepted by the father and loved and forgiven. And we might be shocked by some that look like they're so far away from God, but they are running to Jesus. There is justice coming. There's new life that's coming. There's healing that's coming for families and for nations even. So verse 27 again, that's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. She knows the dogs are loved and she knows all it takes is a crumb of his power for her daughter to be set free. She's like, the children of God get to eat the the bread on the table, but the dogs get the leftovers and even a scrap on the floor is enough to heal my little girl. That's what she said. Even a crumb on the floor is enough to heal my little, little girl. And so Jesus is amazed, verse 28, Dear woman, your faith is great, your request is granted, and her daughter is instantly healed. That entire time, he was waiting for her. He was drawing out a desperation. He was drawing out faith. He was drawing out of her, Do you really know me, that I love you, that I am your only hope, that I am going to heal your daughter? Are you going to do that? And so that's what he is doing with us, is pulling us closer. When he's not answering yet, if you're feeling tested, he's just pulling you closer. How desperate are you? Do you believe he will do it? Do you know his heart? Even a crumb of his power is enough to bring healing to your situation. So think about who you are praying for. Because your, your persistence shows how deep your roots really go how much you really trust him, how much you really know his heart, his promise for you and for your family. So think of somebody that you're praying for. Maybe it's yourself. And let's pray. Lord, you are. You are our only hope. You're the only one, Lord, that can answer the things that are on our hearts, the things that... We feel like you've been pushing us away, God, and that you haven't been answering our prayers, but you are the only one who can do it. And so we continue to come to you, Lord, and fall at your feet. And Jesus, you are bringing justice to those areas that we've been praying for. You are, Lord. You are healing the things that only you can heal. And you're doing what only you can do, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness. We trust you, Lord, in our families, and our marriages, Lord, and the things that we're praying for and seeking you for and crying out to you for, God. We will see your answers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.